Hey, Credit Heroes, today we are talking with an amazing entrepreneur named Rick Kamal, and he's going to give us the lowdown on merchant accounts, how they work, why you need one, how to avoid chargebacks, and so much more. This is really, really important stuff if you are running a credit repair business, so you better stick around. So the big question is this, how can we take our passion for helping people with their credit and turn it into a successful business without taking loans, without spending a fortune, by bootstrapping it from nothing. So we can help the most people and still become highly profitable. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Daniel Rosen, and welcome to Credit Repair Business Secrets. Okay, before I dive in, if you are new to my podcast, be sure to click to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss any of the secrets that I share each week here on the Credit Repair Business Secrets Podcast. And if you want me to hold you by the hand as you launch your very own credit repair business, go to credithero-challenge.com. Okay, let's get into this. Rick Kamal is an amazing entrepreneur. He is widely known in the credit repair industry and he's a very, very good friend to Credit Repair Cloud. He is the founder of Five Star Processing, and he, he helps so many credit repair businesses to get their merchant account. And he knows an awful lot about the money side of credit repair, and he's a really good guy. So I know you're going to enjoy this, and you're going to get a whole lot of very useful information. So please welcome to the podcast... Rick Kamal. Hey, Rick, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you being here. This is great. You're such a big part of the credit repair industry. So I want to know, before anything, what were you doing before you founded Five Star Processing and what got you into this? That's a great question. So before Five Star Processing, I worked in the uh, banking business. And uh, from there, I actually opened up my own credit repair business. Uh, and I actually used your guys' software to help me get started, believe, believe it or not. And uh, from there on out, I had a rich history in merchant services. So I really blended uh, you know, two and two together and said, you know what, let's, let's get five-star rocking and rolling and take the knowledge and the information I know from the credit repair space and uh, you know, bring two worlds together. And here we are today. It's awesome. And I remember at that time when you appeared on the scene with Five Star, merchant accounts were very, very hard to get. It was a mysterious thing. People didn't understand about them. So I, we're going to dive into all that. But first off, I, I know you're in Northern California, right? Correct. Sacramento, California. Got it. Got it. And how many people are on your team? We have about 37 people on our team. Wow. You've grown a lot yeah, since we last talked. Awesome. Congratulations. And you're supplying merchant accounts in all 50 states. Is that correct? All 50 states and uh, different industry types as well. And then in addition to uh, merchant accounts, you also do business lending, right? We help educate people on business credit, uh, lending, and we have a variety of business resources and services to help our uh, small business owners get everything going from start to finish. Right. I saw that on your site. I saw you had a business credit card program too. We do. We do have a business credit card program. Very, very cool. Okay. So many people listening are at the very beginning of their 
business journey. So let's get down to basics. For everyone listening, what exactly is a merchant account and why is it so important to have one? That's an awesome question. So a merchant account, uh, you know, short and sweet, it's a way, it's a uh, financial service product or a business product to help you take credit card payments from your customers and deposit it into your bank account. It's very, very important to have one. Simply, if you just want to look at it from an automation standpoint, you want to make money while you're asleep. And uh, the real reality is most people, when they make payments, they want to pay you with credit card or debit card this day and age. So, you know, you lose business just by only taking cash or check. Uh, and that's why it's really important to have a merchant service account. Absolutely. And and a lot of people, they try to get around having a merchant account by being sneaky and trying to pay on PayPal and Stripe and Square and Cash App and all those other services. And what happens when you try to do that? Unfortunately, your merchant service account gets closed down uh, just because credit repair is considered a higher risk uh, industry type. And because of that, um, you know, we've seen clients where they'll, you know, Disguise it as different names uh, just to avoid the word credit repair, which for us, we can help you. You know, we can definitely get you rocking and rolling. But uh, the companies you'd mentioned will uh, shut you down if you, they're not set up to take credit repair specifically. Right. It's against their terms of service. <laughs> so that's why you shouldn't be sneaky if you're out there. You need a specific merchant account that's for credit repair. And I remember when I first heard that it was high risk. I was freaked out by that. And then I learned lots of industries are high risk. And I was looking it up this morning. I saw it was like, well, the adult industry, for, for example, that makes sense. But but also travel and airlines and all kinds of furniture things. It's a lot of things that are like gambling, online dating sites, tech support, um, e-cigarettes, CBD, all that kind of stuff. But it's mainly about the card not being present, right? Well, it's it's uh, the card not being present. Also, um, the it could be one of the industry itself. So, just the industry that you know banks aren't primarily a big fan of, and it can also be the client base. So, we'll, you know, credit repair owners are are very honest. They do their best to help customers. Sometimes it's the industry or the people that they deal with. For example, uh, they get someone to get a score. You know, my score got to. Six ninety nine. It didn't get to exactly at seven hundred the way I wanted it. So they're prone to do chargebacks. They're prone to dispute transactions, and that's another reason why itself is considered high risk. And uh, that's what makes some industry types high risk. Again, outside of cards not being present, makes sense. So can we get into the actual description of what a merchant account is? It's it's like a, an account with a bank, similar, right? They, they are they kind of fronting the money. You, you get the credit card. Can you explain how, how that works with the money? Yes, of course. So uh, you go to a uh, business, or you know, in this case, you take your payment online. T- person types in their card, or they type it in for forty five dollars. The transaction goes through. If the transactions there's funds and everything gets verified, it takes the money out of that customer's account, and within twenty four to forty eight hours, the money goes into your bank account. Uh, short and sweet. So it's a service for business owners to be able to take payments uh, from their customers, uh, quick, convenient, seamless. Um, And that's really how merchant merchant service accounts work. Now, what does it take to get approved for a merchant account? So uh, one of the few things that's going to take is you're going to need to have 
uh, your client agreement. So this is the agreement that the client signed for your uh, products or services. And the agreement that you guys have uh, with your software is a perfect uh, uh, sample agreement that can be used to open up a merchant account, which is really cool. So it is compliant. Uh, you're going to need three months uh, business bank statements, or if you're brand new, three months personal bank statements. Articles of incorporation or organization, really just to make sure that uh, we're verifying that your business is open, it's legitimate. Naturally, you're going to need a government-issued ID, so uh, passport or you know driver's license, state ID. If you have prior processing history somewhere else, those are perfect. And then naturally, we're going to need a voided check so we know where to put all of your millions of dollars for all the hard work you do. And then last but not least, marketing material. So marketing material could be as simple as a flyer, a brochure of the products and services that you're offering, for example. Once you have all that, you're good to go. Got it. So you do have to create a business entity of some kind, but it could be a simple one like an LLC, right? It could be a simple one like an LLC. So if you do end up using a sole prop, for example, you end up setting it up for yourself, you know, Rick, Kamal, credit repair, and you do it as a sole prop, we can still set you up with a merchant service account for that. But if you are set up as an LLC or a corporation or incorporated, we're just going to ask you to supply the supporting docs. And if you are set up as, you know, Rick, Kamal, credit repair, just give us your business license and we should be able to rock and roll. Got it. So you don't have to have an LLC or a corporation. You could just be a sole proprietorship, which I know the requirement is having your full name and the business name. Um, but then you save a lot of expenses if you're just getting started. Exactly. Got it. Okay. That's really good to know. Is is it required that you have an office or can people do this from their home? No, what's really cool is a uh, virtual office works or you can do it from your home. Uh, that's the nice thing about that. No, no questions asked. Got it. And does it matter if you're a brand new business and have no history? No, nope. we'll take three months personal bank statements. Awesome. Now, what what are some common mistakes people make when trying to get a merchant account? Things they goof up. I'm glad you asked that one. That's a that's a great question. So, uh, some of the things that we've ran into, and you know, things that you can avoid if you're submitting bank statements. Uh, again, either personal or business, please make sure you have funds in your bank statement. So don't submit a bank statement if your ending balance is you know, negative $20, $30. Why? Because this is the safety net that the bank uses to, uh, you know, to validate, you know, if this person had a refund or they had a chargeback, will this put their will this put them out of out of sequence? Will this mess them up? So making sure that you, you know, provide uh, healthy bank statements. Uh, another thing that you can avoid is using the words uh, trade line. So that's a very big one. So if you're going to provide marketing material or flyers or your website, making sure that you have the words like trade line removed, uh, student debt consolidations. And if you offer like a variety of different services or products, what we've always recommended to do, if it's for credit repair, have a site dedicated just for credit repair. And someone will ask me, well, why does that matter? Because the notary, uh, because if you offer notary, you offer bookkeeping, uh, underwriting on the other side doesn't know what they're paying $99 for. Is it for credit repair? Is it for bookkeeping? Is it for notary? So there's just some ways to, you know, get you rocking and rolling. And then, um, of course, just make sure you have, you know, all your other supporting documents in order. Other than that, I think those are probably the two biggest ones is just having healthy bank statements and making sure that we don't use words like trade line on our website or marketing material. 
Got it. And don't take don't talk about <laughs> trade lines in the credit repair cloud community Absolutely either. Not. It it's will be a no no. And that's a big no no for us too. So we we're definitely on the same page. Yeah, cool. Um, and you actually, what I love about you is you actually hold them by the hand and help them through all of this when someone applies with five star, right? Hundred percent. So we actually help you from start to finish. So we do offer a uh, a class of some sort to make sure our clients are set up for success. So during that class, we go over the rates, we go over the required documents, uh, we give them some credit repair, you know, education tips, merchant service education tips to make sure that they're set up for success. Once they have all the supporting documents, because clients are in different places, some just want to search, some just want to get started right away, and some. Uh, are just waiting for their voided check or they're waiting for additional documentation. But same process, we educate you. Once you're good to go, then we get you set up. So just to create that transparency and to make sure you're, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, making sure the money hits your account correctly. So we want to make sure we do our part to make sure we make it as uh, painless and and convenient for you and and well-educated at the same time. Absolutely. Now, here's a question we get all the time. How high a credit score do you need to get a merchant account? So um, what we've told clients, uh, you can have a score around 550. Uh, but what we tell everyone is not just credit-based. So we look at your whole portfolio. So you might have uh, you know, challenged credit, but you, you still want to be able to take payments from your customers. You might have very healthy bank, bank statements. So what we tell everyone is, let's look at your full portfolio. And we're an advocate for you. We'll fight for you, uh, you know, till the end to get you that merchant service approval that you're looking for. Got it. And if you do have a credit score that low and you want to start a credit repair business, you should start by being your own client and fix it. Yeah. You could do that very, very quickly. So what happens after, um, after someone submits their application with you for a merchant account? Great question. So once the merchant service application is submitted, we tell everyone it typically takes one to three business days for approval. If you're submitting your application, everyone, you know, four o'clock on a Friday night, don't count Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but once your merchant service account's approved, uh, we'll send you, we'll get your authorized.net or we'll get your gateway set up for you. And we'll even take it as far as helping you integrate it with your software. So if you do use Billsby for integration, we even take it the extra mile and help you get integrated from start to finish. And then, um, so you're able to, you know, start taking your reoccurring payments and everything else in between. Um, so again, yeah, typically one to three days once your packet's submitted. Now, if we do still need additional information or what you supplied is a little blurry, you know, our relationship managers work really closely with you to get that, you know, to get it submitted, to get it, you know, submitted in so we can get you, get you up and running. Awesome. Okay. And we talked about what should not be on the website, but is there anything special that should be on the website? Of, of a credit repair business applying for a merchant account? For sure. So uh, terms, conditions, privacy policy, the refund policy. Uh, another thing that you probably want to have on your website, uh, if you do have your prices, make sure that your prices are consistent with what's also on your client agreement. So we've seen websites where your website will say that we charge $99 a month, but your client agreement shows that you charge $129. So just making sure that you're consistent along those lines. Legal name, phone number, making sure all of your contact information is correct on your uh, on your website. And then they you don't have any links that just go randomly to a whole different website out of the middle of nowhere that's not consistent with what products or services that you're offering. Makes a lot of sense. 
Now, here's another thing people always bring up in our community. Is there an in-person site inspection? So the only time we require that is if you're going to invite me over for barbecue. Other than oh. that, <laughs> if you're going to so feed no me. Site inspection with, with you guys. Absolutely not. Unless you're going to feed me. We don't need to come take a look at your house, take a picture of where you're, you know, where you're working or what you're doing. And that's one of the cool things. We haven't done that since uh, Five Star began. Uh, we know our community. We trust our community. Uh, we're very close with our community as well as our, our bank relationships. So, uh, yeah, it's just as simple as submit your information and we can get you going. That's awesome. What what does it cost to have a merchant account? There is a $50 a month. So there's a $50 a month. Uh, so as long as you know you're going to make over $50 a month, you're good to go. Uh, what we tell every client is uh, the rates itself, uh, we have two options. So we have an option where if the clients want to pay credit card processing fees or if they want to pass it on to their customers. And we typically give them both options, whatever route they want to take. Uh, but your rates are around uh, two, 2% plus 10 cents a transaction. Um, we don't do contracts. So we're, we're not a big fan of contracts at all. And then once your merchant service account is set up, there is a setup fee of $150, but that does include your gateway setup. And the cool thing is when we set up your gateway, if you go to authorize.net directly, you pay $25. With us, it's 15. So you'll save to yourselves $120 a year because of the amount of business that we uh, do with them. So get some savings right then and there. And then um, other than that, nothing else I can, nothing else I can think of that would stand out. Well, that's awesome. And if there's no agreement, then they can cancel anytime. And that was one of the big things that we prided ourselves on um, is for me, I personally don't like contracts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to put my customer in the same situation for stuff that I, I don't uh, stand behind. So that's one of the things is, you know, if, we have to earn your business every single month. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, if we started off helping you from day one, uh, we want to treat you the same way we treated you on day one to give you that five-star experience. So it has to be earned every single month. That's awesome. Because uh, some of the other companies, they have scary contracts and then you get charged lots and lots and lots of money if you cancel, which I always thought was really creepy. So this is good to know. You yeah. don't have that. No contracts. Awesome. Okay. So someone gets a merchant account. There are other parts needed to collect money. You touched on one of them, which, which was the gateway authorized.net is a gateway. Can, can you describe what a gateway is and what it does? Uh, yeah. So, uh, what a gateway is gateway is like a middleman. Uh, they're the ones that will let you, uh, let you in the door, right? So when you, whenever you type in a transactions, they are a virtual terminal. So they're going to be able to let you take transactions right there in the spot. If you want to type, you know, card number one, two, three, four, five, right then and there, if you want to be able to connect it to your website or your uh, subscription-based uh, billing platform, like Billsby's example, you can connect it over there. And it also does have the invoicing and reoccurring billing features on there. So uh, gateway secures, encrypts, locks the payment, sends it to the merchant service processor, five-star, uh, which will give it all the data. Data would be card number, amount to uh, you know take out. It gets processed, and then from there, once it gets processed, the money hits your. Um, once it clears, the money hits your bank account. Cha-ching! That's it. Yeah, we should talk a moment about Billsby. Billsby is um, 
the recurring payments platform that most credit repair cloud users use. It's very inexpensive, and that's for the recurring subscription payments if people uh, do business that way. A hundred percent. Once someone's set up, their merchant account's going, we do help them get that set up. So as long as they have their Bills B account, we help them get their API codes that are within their authorized on-end account connected to their Bills B. And as you mentioned, for example, if they want to charge the individual $1.99 a month, or if they want to do a special plan where they want to do like a Mother's Day special, and they want to be able to track all of that, um, you're going to need to be able to process those payments. In there, you're going to have uh, connected to your authorized.net account. That's awesome. I didn't realize you help people set up Billsby as well. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's different parts. You have to take a, the API key from one and put it in the other. And and um, it's, it's, it's not complicated, but it's stuff most people have never done before. You guys actually did an amazing job at explaining it on how to get it done. Um, which is very, very nice. It helps us and helps people on our team. Um, but just because we want to be able to provide that five-star experience to our customers, you know, we do go the uh, extra step and get them going from start to finish. That is really awesome. Um, and by the way, anybody listening, if you want to learn more about a deeper description of all these different parts, we also have a guide to getting paid at credit repair, which is completely free. It goes into depth on all these things. I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes, uh, but you can also, uh, if you don't want to look at the show notes, that's okay. You can also Google credit repair cloud guide to getting paid at credit repair, and that'll come up first. Um, and, and it goes into a lot more detail about this. So let's get into the, the, the business basics. Rick, what are some of the biggest mistakes that credit repair business owners make related to collecting payments and dealing with customers over money? So I'd say one of the biggest things, uh, mistake wise is because not, you know, with this industry type, we might have customers that are not aware that payments are going to come out. So taking the extra mile and notifying your customers that payments are going to be withdrawn out of their bank account. So if you know your payments are going to be done on the 15th, give them that notification on the 13th, give them that notification on the 12th, let them know that we're going to be debiting your account. These are ways one to, you know, ensure that if you need to stop a payment on a customer's behalf to give them that uh, amazing customer service experience, you can, it mitigates chargebacks. Because, you know, for, for a customer, they might, you know, and I don't mean our customer, their customer, they might choose paying their gas over paying for their credit repair service. So making sure you let them know about that. Uh, so they, you know, those avoids, avoid chargebacks. Um, another, another tip is if your processing is going to change. So if you offer $99 a month for your service, tomorrow you wake up and you say, hey, I want to offer $299 for my service. Let your merchant service company know. Let us know ahead of time that your processing is going to change so we can update your portfolio as well too. So that's one of the things that happens. People grow their business over time and they start doing transactions over their high high dollar amount. And it's like, hold on, that's not what you were approved for. So let's take it back. Let's get you rocking and rolling and get you up and running. Got it. Got it. That's really good advice. Um, you talked about chargebacks. People listening might not know what a chargeback is. Uh, what is a chargeback? The bane of my existence. <laughs> Me too. What a chargeback is, it's when a uh, customer calls their bank and uh, disputes the transaction. So they can call the bank and dispute it for different reasons. 
services were not rendered. Uh, I'm not sure what this transaction's for. I didn't allow this transactions. There's a variety of different things that they can uh, dispute. So if you've ever had a fraud on your account and you've called your bank and says, hey, I didn't allow this transaction to go through and they you know, credit you X amount of dollars, they have to pull that money from somewhere. So they pull it from that business. And um, what, a, once the, what happens with the chargeback, and this is why it's so big to use a merchant service company that supports credit repair, is if you dispute a transaction and you are in the credit repair space or you're in a high-risk industry type and you send that paperwork, for example, to PayPal or to Stripe, uh, kudos for you know verifying that's your actual transaction. But unfortunately, once they find out that you're set up as a credit repair business, uh, your account's going to get shut down. So it's also important that because this industry or this industry type does get chargebacks, choosing a merchant service company that is aware of it, that can swallow those chargebacks. So if you do need to dispute it, you know, to advocate and say, hey, the services were rendered, you won't be in a position to have your merchant service account closed. You'll be in a position to get your money back that you deserve. Got it. And and nearly every business has chargebacks. This is uh, standard for just about any kind of business that takes a credit card. Uh, am I correct? A hundred percent. But there's like an acceptable level. It's usually at 1% or below is is standard. Or am I right? You're right on the dot. So anything under 1%, uh, you know, Visa, uh, Visa says, you know, you're complying if you're anything under 1%. So stay under that 1% mark uh, to keep yourself in good graces. Absolutely. And what are some of the best ways to avoid or mitigate chargebacks? So as I mentioned, notifying your cl- customers ahead of time. So let them know that payments are going to come out. Uh, creating transparency when you have the conversation in the beginning with your client. We are going to be billing you on this date. So confirming payment dates that work best for the client and work best for your company. Uh, another thing that I would recommend is there are specific mitigation, uh, chargeback mitigation services. So there are third-party softwares. If you do a lot of volume and you're in a niche where Unfortunately, you can't avoid chargebacks just because of, as they, as they say, is the nature of the beast. There are third-party softwares that will help you during those mitigation challenges to be able to dispute it. And, you know, last but not least, uh, your documents will always set you free. That's the biggest thing. So making sure that you always have your documents in order. So if I sign up for your service and I went to dispute this and I called my bank and said, I didn't allow this transaction to go through. Just like if you were to go to court, for example, you want to have all of your stuff ready to rock and roll. You want to have your invoice. You want to have your client agreement that you had them sign up for. If you have uh, their IP address, anything and everything you can to verify or validate that that transaction is legitimate is what you're going to need. Not just, you know, a signed receipt that doesn't get the job done. Got it. Got it. And I thought of something to add to that to to avoid chargebacks. If some, if you have a customer who's unhappy and they ask for a refund, give them the refund, right? Give them the refund, hundred percent. As much as it's a hard pill to swallow, if you provided a good service, I know sometimes in that situation. But at the end of the day, give them the refund. It's better from a customer experience standpoint. And uh, you know, if they still try to dispute it, it's still going to impact you. You know, in your portfolio, seeing that you had a chargeback. So. Just let it go and then, you know, push on, keep growing. Yeah. And the other thing is if you give the refund, you may avoid that 
customer writing something terrible online, and that could cost you way more than you're refunding. 100%. Yeah. So I always, I mean, it, I know in the beginning of our business, money was really tight. I was selling a little $20 download. I would sell maybe two or three of those a week and live on top ramen. And if I got a charge back, that was really, really painful. Um, and I would argue with those people and um, try to do whatever I could to hang on to that $20. And then finally I learned, just give them the money. And I started thinking that the more refunds you give, the more money you make, because then your reputation, your reputation is really all you have. And that keeps it clean. So uh, that, that, uh, speaking of which should a credit, what you mentioned a refund policy earlier, what should be uh, uh, what's an appropriate refund policy from your point of view for a credit repair company? My personally, my personally, I'd say, you know, like you said, if they, if they want the refund and it's within 30 days or you've made, maybe you've done one round, then I would go about, you know, as I said, cut your losses, offer the refund right then and there. But if you're, you know, two, three, four rounds deep, that might be a different situation altogether. But, uh, if the service is, you know, even if on your side, you know, your service hasn't been good or to what you expect of your own company, depending on the time, you might want to make the executive decision to offer that refund just because it could be the right thing to do. So, uh, I'd say definitely within the first 30 days, um, it's probably a good, a good start. Yeah. Or I suppose if it's many months, maybe see if you can come to some kind of understanding with the customer, maybe uh, work things out to pay half. Is, is that ever done? Things like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, come to an agreement because at the end of the day, if you've, if you've done your job for three, four, five months, whatever the case may be, um, you know, you deserve the hard work that you put in. So you, like I said, you probably want to have that conversation with that client, understand why the experience was, was not the best and why they're really requesting a refund. And then, you know, if done correctly, you know, you can either settle that maybe even not giving a refund if it was miscommunication or if the refund is granted, uh, work it out to give them a less, you know, less amount, 50-50 down the middle is probably, would probably be a good, good middle point. Got it. And what I'm hearing through all of this, through everything we've been talking about is communication is really is everything. So many people hide from their customers and don't talk to them and they don't know what's going on. And it's really just letting them know what's happening every step of the way, right? 100%. Good, bad, or ugly, people will respect you more if you let them know what's going on versus just hiding out altogether. It's, it causes more stress for you and it might cause more stress for your business. Yeah. And it's a people business. You have to interact with your customers. 100%. Yeah. And it's, it's really customer service heavy business. You have to be good with people. And if you are and you talk with them, then you're going to avoid all these issues over money. 100%. What's your advice to anyone just starting out with a credit repair business? Uh, my advice for anyone starting out with a credit repair business is make sure you keep it simple. So there are so many people out there that have, um, they want to go from zero to 100 real quick because they see a this person's successful or they're seeing screenshots of someone doing $60,000, $70,000. But, you know, everyone started at $1. So I'd say keep it very simple and educate your customers before you sell or offer any services to your customers. I think that's the biggest thing that you want to do. You go to an open house, don't go in there and say, I offer credit repair service. 
go in there saying, I want to provide free education. Take advantage of the awesome classes that uh, you guys offer. You guys offer some amazing classes to make sure that they're set up for success. So using the tools that uh, your your software provides you um, because it doesn't steer you the wrong way. It gets you going correctly. Uh, but yes, keep it simple. Provide education to your customers. And when you do that, people will come to you. No questions asked. Awesome, awesome answer. Um, thank you for that. Okay, before we close out of here, I want to switch gears real quick and we're going to go into a rapid fire round of questions where I'm going to just ask you something and you answer with the first thing that pops into your head because I want to learn more about you, okay? Hit me. Okay. What's the most important lesson you've learned as an entrepreneur? Uh, that your uh, stressful days is not your most stressful day. There will be more, so just play it cool and keep pushing along. <laughs> Amen to that. Oh, I snorted. Um, what is your biggest superpower in business? Uh, my ability... I'd say mine, my ability to relate to my clients and understand their needs. Awesome. What does business ownership mean to you? Um, business ownership means making sure you set up your clients for success. So giving back, I'd say giving back is the biggest thing about being a business owner. Me too. What drives and motivates you? Honestly, my team, my family first and foremost, and my team, you know, someone comes in on day one, I'm able to see the pics of their vacation that they went on and stuff that they're able to do uh, because of what we're doing as a company, you know, people that we're able to help and seeing a customer, man, seeing my customers going from, you know, processing that $1 to all of a sudden now they're doing 50, $60,000 a month and just seeing, seeing the growth. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's your definition of success? Giving back. The ability to give back um, is my level of success. So when you know something like I know, from, for example, my history, I'm a killer. I'll be honest when it comes to merchant services. I know my stuff. So being able to just do stuff like this, taking the knowledge that you have and giving it back to people is, is what, I, what I really enjoy. Awesome. You and I are a lot alike. That's what I like too. Um, okay, if you could go back in time, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you first started? I would have to say that it is as much automation as that you want to be able to do with your clients. You do not want to lose the human touch and the human quality of the relationship. Being that person that you can still have, you can you can still pick up the phone and talk to. Um, I'd say is probably the biggest thing is don't go 100% on automating, uh, going up to where you can. Keep the flow of your business going, but don't lose touch of who you are and what your company stands for. Amen to that. Rick, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being here. No, for sure. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I know this is going to help a lot of people. And um, before we go, I want to tell everyone, if you have a credit repair business and you want to take credit card payments, you must have a merchant account. So reach out to Rick and you can actually do it with one click from our site. So to get a merchant account for credit repair, go to creditrepaircloud.com slash merchant and then choose five star for the best deal. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. And thank you again for being here, Rick. You're so awesome. No, appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everyone. Kudos to all your success. Yeah. And thanks for being such a good friend to our company here at Credit Repair Cloud. You are the best. Thank you. 
And to everyone out there, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click to subscribe so you don't miss any of the secrets that I share each week here on the Credit Repair Business Secrets Podcast. And if you are feeling kind, do me a favor and rate me. Give me a five star (laughs) so we can move up the charts and be sure to leave a comment or ask a question because I read each and every one of them. And I will see you on the next episode. And until then, be a credit hero and keep changing lives. Hey, everybody, it's Daniel again. And really quick, I'd like to invite you to join what I believe is the best thing we have ever created inside the Credit Repair Cloud community. And it is a challenge that we call the Credit Hero Challenge. If you're just planning out your business or you're just getting it started and you dream of having a successful business of your own so you can quit your 9 to 5 and fire your boss and have financial freedom or so you can add another revenue stream to your existing business, if that's your dream, you need to get into this challenge. We created this challenge to help you to create and launch your very own credit repair business to build a proper foundation for a really successful business. This challenge is going to help you to understand the strategy, the tactics, and all the things you need to be successful at credit repair. It really is the greatest thing we have ever built, and it will change your life. So I recommend you do it right now. Stop everything, pause this audio, go online, and go to CreditHeroChallenge.com. That's CreditHeroChallenge.com. And join the next challenge. And there's a challenge that's starting in just a few days. So go get started right now at CreditHeroChallenge.com.